themselves in trouble. Can't leave yourself open. Always be your with your guard up. I don't care if it's your significant other or your loved one or your parents or your grandparents. Always have a credible lie. And with that, welcome back to all new the Giant Contraman Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desi. Desi is Dead Robinson, and I'm back from the dead. <laughs> And that little exchange you hear me saying about lying, only a small dosage. Only a small dosage. But if you're cheating on your significant other, you're a bitch. It's you being called a bitch is indiscriminatory. And not, and what's that non-binary as well? A bitch is a bitch. I'd like to uh, I'd like to quote uh, a line from Ghostbusters. Yes, man. Yes, this man has no dick. Yes. And we saw a wall that was bleeding. <laughs> we seen shit that would turn you white. Like me almost losing my voice this past week. Nah. Ah. Do you want to talk about how you lost your voice? Fuck no. The fuck, <laughs> the fuck you mean? No. Motherfucker. Like, I understand I had a flub on our previous episode, which we had to stop recording and re-record because I actually said something that was on your regards. We're not doing this on me on here. No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. We learn from our mistakes and we move on. I'll be honest. I legit forgot, but now I'm going to have to look back in the chat because I just realized I forgot why. No, it's... uh, We didn't... Did we text? Did we text that? I don't know. Well, anyways. Anyways. We're back. Um, So we're going to do our DC movie review. Update. I blanked on the fucking type word update. Oh well. So, Justice League Apocalypse War is finally on DC Universe as of August. So that we, um, so now Christian don't have to borrow my movie to watch it. <laughs> like great. <laughs> but um, Bloodlines is still on there. But Judas Contract is not. Damn. Um, it's on Voodoo for three ninety nine. So um, Judas Contract will be coming. It just we have to rent that. Yeah, like I'm. Uh, I'm totally not working on finding a way to not have to pay for that. We all know I'm the one who's gonna rent it, and then you have to access my account for that. Like, come on. No. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Sit, sit there and be quiet. Um, but Batman Hush, um, Death and Return of Superman is also still on DC Universe, so we're we're good on that front. Um, we will, um, just as the Dark is currently up right now, definitely go out there and listen to that. Um, we are trying to be more linear instead of flying off the fucking handle on these last seven reviews that we've been doing. It's <laughs> all, like all on the past, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but for Judas Contract, we're definitely going to say um, Judas Contract was like Green Lantern, my introduction to the Titans. I didn't know jack shit about their past history with Terra and all the lead up to it. So really, yep, I did. Ten, Green Lantern, um, John Stewart's first issue with um, he, when he took over House Reign. Um, was my first introduction, and my uncle had that issue. Uh, I forgot the issue number for that. Um, John Stewart's first appearance. That was oh wow, first. that's a hell of a place to start. That was my introduction to Green Lantern, then Super Friends, obviously. 
But for Teen Titans, it was Judas Contract. My uncle actually owned that owned that copy before the great pipe burst, basement pipe burst of nineteen eighty eight. Oh God! All his DC collection from nineteen sixty up until nineteen eighty seven. God. Damn, dude. Wait, no, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. That was Tennessee. No. Ninety. Because he had he he had a Batman comic uh that was a tie-in to um Keaton's Batman. Oh damn! Did that also get washed away? Yeah, all his comics was gone. Oh god, that sucks. My other uncle who introduced me to Marvel sold his comic books in Iowa, and he was able to actually. Here's the thing. He's, when he, even though he sold his comics, he was able to buy a car and a house. Okay, well that's a good that that's honestly a good use. But that was at the time in the nineties. Now, fuck no, you you have to get them graded and to see like how much they're worth. It's like now you're barely be able to buy a fucking burger with that. Well, I tell you, if I can fucking find it, I have an issue of Spider-Man, Spider-Man Black Cat, um, the Evil That Men Do, issue one, first printing. I believe in 2020, it is now worth $700. Damn. If I can find it. I think the and most expensive. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's like, I think the most expensive collectible thing I've ever sold was like uh, one Pokemon Pokemon card that I got like $250 for. That's not bad. What, what, what time? Uh, that that was that was uh last year oh, okay. because I used all that I used all that money to buy our D D shit. Oh, that we have yet to play. Yeah, and all, well not all of it, like obviously I didn't use two fifty on all of that, but it got me a lot of new cards and all of that shit. Um but back on the DC review, so that is on the docket. We already mentioned um about maybe a couple of weeks ago that we'll be doing TMNT um review. Because there's no new movies coming out anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, it's like we have coming out on Netflix technically, but there's not much coming out right now. I, I was going to say, let's review Old Guard. I just uh, don't... Do I, we, have, we have to? No, because nothing against Charlie Theron and the actress who play... Um, um, the actress who's in it with her. Yeah, no, it's not the actor's fault. It's it's the story for me, man. Well, I'm gonna say this: it's Old Guard is based off a comic book by Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka, I I love Greg Rucka. He has run a Wonder Woman. It's phenomenal. But I'm tired of the fucking trope, and they even did it with Wolverine, where an immortal is tired of being a fucking immortal. Yeah, for real. And, and then it's, I, it's I saw... that one team member who was an immortal always get the when they have another team member finds out that one team member dies because of that fucker's indirection and then the leader who all up in that motherfucking head is like I can get them beat I can get them back and get them back and they get kidnapped and it's up to the newbie to save everyone's fucking life and kill the member who betrayed them I hate that fucking trope yeah like it's honestly very tropey like I saw the first 20 minutes and honestly, I was just like, man, like, this is, like, again, nothing against the actors, but everything felt so formulaic. But Charlie Theron, though, oof. 
Oh yeah, no, nothing on her at all. Like she, she, she's, she's her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that, but the thing that kind of killed it was the story. And then I don't know, I didn't know it was based off of a comic. But the way that it started, it gave me such a trope that I was just like, all right, so I already know immediately what's gonna happen here. Like within the first, like, I don't know. I think it was within the first two minutes. I was I I was already calling half of the shit that came throughout the first hour. Well, for me, uh, it's, let's move on because I don't want I don't want to trash it. I don't want to trash it. And then yeah, it says you trashing it like extraction was good. It dragged on. All right, it dragged on. And the I don't want to mistake um the actress who was in extraction with them, her um her nationality, but she wasn't in it for enough. I want to see more of her. She, that last couple minutes of extraction, she kicked all kinds of ass. I would, I would say she's middle, she's middle Eastern. I could, I could definitely say that, hmm. but just, Oh, the way how she was using that M4. Oof. <laughs> Damn. Headshot motherfuckers. Like it was John Wick saving Chris Hemsworth's wife. And then she took an RPG and she, I was like, Oh, she took out the helicopter. Huh. Damn, I'm gonna have to. I still haven't seen Extraction. I didn't. I didn't have that much interest in it, but maybe I'm gonna have to watch it. And she, and at the very end, she does an Assassin's Creed move. I'm like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in I need. Love. I need any better Assassin's Creed moves than what I saw in the movie. <laughs> we we don't we don't talk ever since Giant Conscious. I mean, Nerds Against the World. We don't talk. We, and it's gonna move over to here. We don't talk about Assassin's Creed. Oh, okay. We don't okay. No, about, I... uh, Prince of Persia either. Okay, no, I'm fine with that. Wait, are you talking about just the movie or the game series? The movie. We don't okay, cool. We don't talk about it. Okay. But I will say this about Michael Fett. We're moving on, if y'all don't know this. So, yeah, yeah. coming soon, <laughs> the DC movie reviews will come back. Michael, this is a big-ass rumor, so don't take take this with a, a grain of big salt and Apparently, they're looking at Michael Fassbender to play Reverse Flash. I heard I heard something about that, but I wasn't sure how credible that was. But here's the thing. I would not be against that. He hmm. still physically fit. Even I'm like, he doesn't need to be physically fit. He's physically fit. Physically fit. He can, <laughs> and I have not seen him play a legit villain. 12 Years a Slave. Mm. Here's the thing. Even he, he said he was sick to his stomach playing that slave master role in 12 years a slave that's how you know the man is on black on black man's side if he yeah. sick yeah doing that movie like that shit's not like if you have a good strong moral conscience that shit is not easy to play him and um benedict cumberbatch cumberbatch if i'm right correct damn i do not want to be on the small down now if we have the second guest actors in fucking movies Either way, I can see him play. And the one villain role I do remember him in was Jonah Hex. Yes, I went to the theater and saw Jonah Hex. Sue me, add me. I don't care. He was good as a villain. I didn't. I did not know that was him because I'm. And I didn't even didn't even fucking remember he was in Inglorious Bastards as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. Shoot, I had to rewatch Inglorious Bastards, then rewatch Jonah Hex. I'm like. Holy fucking shit. He really is that fucking versatile. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he's the type of actor he really don't give a fuck what well, well technically he would give a fuck but if it's something that's interesting he would do it like the X-Men films he's like he's aware of the X-Men he's yeah like, I... well go ahead no 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 nothing <laughs> um, he's aware of the X-Men and he's like yeah he wants to put his own spin on it there you go um, so yeah like, I like his Magneto yeah, I think he would have been better if the MCU did the X Men. He would have yeah. been better suited for the MCU than we're not doing it. We're not we're not talking about the Fox movies because a couple of YouTubers came out and talked about they love the X Men movies and uh, you know me and my opinions. I try to say I, I, everybody's right to their own opinion, but. When they talk about the X Men, I want to say you fucking wrong. I just said it. Never mind. Moving on. Um, <laughs> another with a grain of salt, Amelia Clark may be in, in in being looked at to be Zatanna. Oh, what would? Hmm. Now, I say yes because that will take her away from being known as Daenerys. Yes, there'll still be the Game of Thrones fans out there. But it'll be so Zatanna will be so far removed from Daenerys. It would I if this I would say hundred percent yes because she gets to be fun loving. She gets to learn how to speak backwards, which would be which would be cool because every actress who technically there's only been three actresses who played um, Zatanna voice wise. Um, the last one was Camilla Camilla Ludington who is Laura Croft Tomb Raider in the video games. Um, if y'all have not seen, if y'all have not listened to the DC movie, y'all should. But Camilla Ludington, Tomb Raider herself, um, voices Zatanna, and she even says it is weird trying to speak backwards, but then having to speak backwards in an action piece vocally. Oh my god! Yeah. But But the possibility of seeing it in live action, holy crap! That would be really, yeah, damn. I would not, like, with that description, I'm even, like, getting more excited. Like, yeah, I would like to really see that in person. But then, my, my, uh, uh, dirty mind, dirty dad's mind coming back. What is the tonic costume we're going to get? I'm hoping for, personally, classic DC's Zatanna costume. That That is my preference. That's what I was going to say, too, honestly. <laughs> That's my preference because she is a showman. Um, she is a magician and she does perform like in a Siegfried and Roy type of setting, but her magic is real. All right, put respect on her name. She's the daughter of Zatara, Zatanna. So those are, hell, we're starting off with DC, my basically. Um, <laughs> if y'all have like, not, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, ever since, like, I, uh, the one of our last DC reviews, mm-hmm. uh, I, w- I was even getting more interested in the Constantine now. Yeah, and I'm just like the, thinking about the prospect of seeing like Zatanna on screen, and then possibly like a- mm-hmm. um, oh, it'll be JJ Abrams is currently um making Justice League Dark for HBO Max. And currently, right now, they HBO Max has jack shit of new content. Um, They're like, "Hey, we bought everything, but we're not making anything right now." I know. Um, 
Now, Justice League will not be out until this is Justice League, the Snyder Cut, will not be out until next March of next year. So, since it will not be out until March of next year, there is a possible. This is my own hypothesis. There is a possibility we could see it on Blu-ray and DVD summer of next year. How weird is it that we're like like clamoring for a re-release of a movie that was like I'm not clamoring for shit. Also, we, that was also for the record a Snyder cut, just not the Snyder cut everybody liked. I know. Even with the I have I looked at old tweets and old Facebook posts. I was so in on Justice League. I was so in on BBS. And then I looked at the then I, it shows the later year later from what you post what I posted. Just a, that's where I knew my love for DC died. <laughs> you don't. I'm like, and looking back, you don't go from Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that that's just two different levels of like movie there. And if they was really hell bent on having, like, it was no, it's no secret that. Zack Snyder wanted to make a Batman movie. He didn't want to make a Superman movie. It's no secret on that. Hell, he even said it himself. If they wanted to, they could have made World's Finest. Adapt it. You could have just adapted World's Finest into a live action movie. If y'all don't know what World's Finest is, it came out around 98, 99. No, I want to say around 2000. Between 2000 and 2002, because I, I, I definitely remember it was after, it was either before or after September 11th, we got World's Finest, the um, Superman and Batman, Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series coming together to go against Lex Luthor and the Joker. That was a Saturday morning event. If you did not get up in the morning for it, you missed out. <laughs> remember when there was re- when there were reasons to get up that yeah. early on? Oh man, I miss those days. If you missed out, oh oh well, you missed it. You have to wait till the DVD release, the DVD and VHS release later on in the year. I it's like, hey, didn't wake up. Oh well, I got up early. I watched through that shitty ass Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh lineup just to get to Batman. And I said what I said, people, just to get to Batman <laughs> World's Finest. You could, they could have, they could have legit. Had that as a movie. You could have legit had in the movie, and here's the ending for you Lex Luthor shoots Superman with a kryptonite bullet. You think he's dead. No, you need him to heal technically on his own for the bullet to come out. Mm-hmm. So he's dead. He quote, I'm quoting, he's dead. Then in Justice League, you introduce Doomsday. He died. You have every Justice League member, like in the comic book, try to go against Doomsday, and they get they ass whooped. They get worked. Then Superman comes in, and he he dies. That's how. You, then you set up Justice League Two with Apocalypse. Excuse me, Dark Side taking over the world, and that's where you have Nightmare Batman's world come to life. No. No, we get Zack Snyder's Batman vs Superman. Then we Dude, get his, how, his, his cut. Oh my god! How many years do you think it will take until we see a Batman metal adaptation? 
we'll be dead. We won't be dead, or you're you're just hoping you'll be dead. No, we'll be dead. <laughs> it will it will probably happen in the next five years as an animated feature, not okay. as, not as a live action movie. And then what? Like another ten years after that for a live action, or maybe we'll be dead. Oh, we'll be dead. Here's the thing. No, no, no. Let me correct it. You'll probably be in your 80s. I will be dead. It's like, hey, uh, anybody who wants to make that, I'll buy you dinner if you do. <laughs> you won't have enough money in the world to buy them. <laughs> oh, just for the one guy, not not like the whole team. <laughs> you, need, you need the person who appro- who approves this stuff. And that's one Akiva Gozman. And that will get us right into this fucking topic. <clears throat> oh, and once again, welcome to an all new giant, the giant contraband robot podcast. As if we didn't say that before. But we're doing the new rigmarole. You can catch this on Spotify and SoundCloud. New episode on SoundCloud. It'll premiere on SoundCloud first, and then two hours later, it'll be on on Spotify on our on our podcast feed. We'll be ha- we'll be saying it for the last. Two months we'll be on Stitcher soon. Um, Apple Podcasts can go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, they don't need more. But thank you for um, joining us here for these last. Thank you for being on this episode and rolling with us for the last twenty minutes, twenty-one minutes. Shout out to you, ma. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> now, the official. No, we got the business with the DC review. We um talk. Here's the official what we're gonna talk about. Normally we would just freeform talk, but there was a lot of good stuff that happened in the last week and a half um that I want us to talk about. And I know a couple of it Christian do not know jack shit on, but I know he's very interested in it because I had convinced him to read the comic book Invincible. Oh yes. But we're gonna be talking about Constantine because now Christian is now more inter- interested in Constantine. Yes, 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 yes. But we're going to talk about the 2005 Keanu Reeves adaptation of Constantine. So, this is from the report from Comic Book Movie. Comic Book Movie. Comicbook.com, their movie division. The title says Constantine director had to cut out Michelle Monaghan's subplot twice. If you don't know who's Michelle Monaghan, she was she had roles in Mission Impossible, the Mission Impossible franchise, including the recent one that came out with Henry Cable, who died like four times in the in the movie. Like seriously, how many fucking times do you have to kill one person? See, a gun to the bullet to the head would have solved everything. Now we get that whole two-hour movie. I'm going on a tangent already. Sorry, Michelle Monaghan, you deserve better. I have really talked over you. All right. <laughs> she was in Mission Impossible and one of my favorite movies, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. If you haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, this was the, this movie was the reason why Kevin Feige took a chance on Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man. Really? Yes. If it wasn't for Shane Black casting him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we would have never got him as Tony Stark Iron Man 
in the MCU. On top of that, we would have never got Shane Black in Iron Man 3, which is a good Iron Man movie, but not a good MCU movie. I'll have that on more of that when we do our MCU in review. Foreshadowing. Ha! <laughs> so, Michelle Monaghan had a, had a very had a tiny role in 2005's Constantine, but wasn't always but that wasn't always the case. It was known for many years that Monaghan's scenes were removed from the movie, but fans heard today during their reunion panel at Comic Con at home, her story was actually cut from the final version twice it wasn't the same story that was been removed and re-added but it said it was a story cut and then new scenes were written filmed and cut again during the panel director francis um <laughs> francis. director francis lawrence that was a dead de- damn it i watched that pull again Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laughed at friends. I'm sorry. I was wondering. I was just like, that seems kind of random. And I, was like, <laughs> I was, and I was also listening to Careless Whisper all day today. And if you, <laughs> and if you listen to our night out show, it's gonna be '80s. It's gonna be an '80s themed show on the night out show. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of Cure and um, Wham played. Oh yes, I'm all about this. <laughs> so. Just know it's because of Deadpool. Which is why I'm laughing at this director's name and why the Night Owl show is going to have an 80s heavy music set list. Nice. So, once again, director Francis Lawrence. <clears throat> I hold my composure that time. Amended that this was o- it was always a hard it was always hard to tell an actor who had performed well that their work would be cut from the final version of the movie for for the time or continuity reasons. It's another step further, another step harder to do it again. He said it, it sucked calling her. I think we had a real, real story reason for doing it. It was not her performance. She's a fantastic actress, and we really liked her work. Um, Lawrence explained, but Constantine was in a relationship with with the Michelle character, which was played by. Fuck! I had her name and I blanked. Um, Rachel Weisz. Uh, there you go. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Rachel Weiss's character in the movie, and we decided that Constantine was better alone and ha- um, and feeling like he didn't um, have a companion, but he would he could lean on and have a relationship with. Here's the thing. Technically didn't have a relationship with Rachel Weiss's character. He left her, he, he left the standard. I'm, I'm just, we're just, this is called a spade a spade. He, he was not fucking nobody at that movie. Because he, he knew he was going to die anyway. You know, I'm now I have a certain urge to rewatch Constantine. Now talking about it, <laughs> yeah. The first reading this article pissed me off. I didn't want to watch it because I'm like, you cut out this twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was angry, and then on top of that, before we get further onto this argument, we can both pose an opinion on here. Comic Con, that whole this whole Comic Con at home shit is just was stupid. I'll be honest, I haven't really been paying attention to Comic-Con at home. I was just like, you know, I, like, are you going to just simulate the lines? Because I'm, I'm going gonna... I'm gonna, to I'm gonna applaud you for that. It was pointless, all right? When I heard this Constantine panel, I'm thinking, oh, you're going to talk about Constantine 2. Warner Brothers finally wised up and let you make a low budget with Keanu Reeves has been asking. His is how much of an awesome dude Keanu Reeves is. He said he would take a significant pay cut 
to get this movie made. He would not use the rate that he would get if he was doing John Wick, Matrix 4, or Bill and Ted. Hell, he took a pay cut to do Bill and Ted 3. Well, you know, you know he's that kind of guy, man. Like, I mean, I think it's already old news, obviously, at this point, but in case, like, people haven't heard it, like, you know the whole thing where he, he, like, basically spent supposedly most of his paycheck from the matrix i know to I, act- I, I, own, I own i own the matrix collection i knew this story yeah you know that you yeah of course it's like this this is the kind of i mean based off of story because obviously i haven't ever met him but based off of like story and like like i guess empirical evidence you may want to say he's like kind of known to be a really genuinely nice person like, not even just, like, giving his money away, but in general, like, supposedly one of the nicest people you'll work with, so, supposedly. Like, fucking Warner Brothers. This was a, point, this was a pointless panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when I... Well, the whole time I heard about the Comic-Con at home thing, I don't know why. I feel like... I, I had this feeling where I was just like, this is either going to be something so half-assed that they're just throwing because they want to remain relevant, or... They're going to genuinely try, but because of the way things are going, most companies are not going to sign up to, like, all of a sudden come up with some sort of, like, viral marketing that they did not, like, have planned or budgeted. Yeah, Marvel didn't do it. Marvel did not. They said Marvel has its own thing they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's been enough time going on where major companies like Marvel, I'm super not surprised they're already trying to come up with their own shit, let alone contribute to a Comic-Con at home. And we'll, um, I'll speak on, I know everybody's been late. Well, New Mutants, let me speak on New Mutants after a bitch about Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said this, the, the worst part was the only piece that stayed in the movie was the moment at the end where Constantine lights the sprinklers, um, spraying the holy water and she gets hit and starts to burn. And she says, surprise, as she says, surprise, holy water? And she hated that line. She hated that moment. And ended up being the only moment. And that was the only moment in the movie after two attempts at Barry um, to put her into the movie. That one fucking scene. And I was like, wait a minute. That's and I did actually watch Constantine. I zoomed right towards the end. And I was like, well, holy shit. It's like it was like we were talking about earlier in this episode about um Michael Fassbender, like I had to rewatch Jonah X and the Glorious Bastards to realize is one he's one of the same person. That's how <laughs> versatile he is. And Michelle Monaghan, you can tell she was totally, in a way, green at the time. Green meaning this is like her first gig. Um, not her first gig, but you know what? Fuck, first for me because I haven't seen her anything prior to Constantine. <laughs> um. And it said, unfortunately for fans who heard secret rumors, this continues on, um, who tune in to see if there will be any announcement, no such thing happened. Although they did admit that they are always still asked about it by fans. Akiva Gozman said they had so many ideas over the years that they could start one tomorrow. If given the green light. Nigga, you can't. I dropped the inbound. Fuck, I, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Uh-huh. I apologize. My blackness came out. <laughs> um, when I get angry, like I just said right there, I will drop the N-bomb. I will call a white man a nigga. And I do it again. Um, There's no stuff in this man. <laughs> I, won't, I won't do it again. Um, I will just say, 
He's like, I promise not to do it until the next time. It's gonna happen. <laughs> um, it's cool to see Keanu Reeves do this because he was already he already did Comic Con at home for Bill and Ted, which we'll talk mm. about a little bit also. Um, it's it's cool because I'm like, you wouldn't expect he barely goes to cons anyway to promote anything, and mm-hmm. to do a Comic Con and hell, we were surprised when he came out at E3 last year. Dude, I remember watching that live, and I was just like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be the thing that like people remember from this. Like, not the games. This is the thing." Yeah. And then when I saw the whole like your like your amazing thing, you're breathtaking. Well, you're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. Yeah. When I saw that, I was just like, "All right, that that that's gonna be a meme." Was immediately my first thought. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but they if they are, whoever thought of doing this on purpose give that man a raise because this shit's gonna work. And here we are with Keanu Reeves. I'm like, they didn't announce a Blu-ray or 4K edition for Constantine, which I I would have given them the benefit of the doubt. Of like, all right, you're telling us this, this this thing you did to Michelle Monaghan, but if it was like a 4K director's cut, we get to see not only one cut one cut of the whole movie with her scene still in it and we can give our opinions if the scene Ghostbusters did it um they had scenes that was supposed to be in the movie but they ended up using it in their 4k release as a special feature and you see what was supposed to be in there so if you, you you've seen Ghostbusters of course so you remember not versions as you have maybe but I do remember Ghostbusters all right, you remember the scene before they flipped this? With basically before they flipped the switch, that caused the mass panic. You see um, Winston and Ray on the. I, I'm not gonna announce what bridge that is, but they was on the bridge in New York, coming back into the city, and they was they having the dialogue. Looked like it was coming back from a job. Yes, yeah. there was a scene showing them going to a fort outside of New York, um, a, a military fort, a military base that was haunted. It was just Winston and Ray. Don't um, work in the job, and this was Winston's first gig as a Ghostbuster. Oh, what? Yeah, they took that scene out and they kept the scene with them driving, having that conversation between heaven, hell, does God exist? Um, creating those um, scriptures before they coming back to the firehouse to see the destruction that the EPA so wait, did. That, so, wait, did that technically take place before they would have gotten to that like military race or after? After. Uh, oh, so that makes sense too. Like, if they had seen some shit and it was his first time, mm-hmm. why they were talking about that on the way back? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and, and it would have been cool to have um, a, a 4K or Blu-ray release of Constantine. We get to see her scenes, and we can make the judge like, yeah, we can see how it could be a continuity issue, or or it can be, um, oh yeah, Constantine will literally need a a, a love subplot. Mm-hmm. But. Eh, it is what it is. Um, for what it for what it was, I felt Keanu Reeves embodied the role of Constantine, even though it's the American version, not the British version that everybody is um, that is more iconic and beloved. But this is still one of DC's force foray into doing something that was not Batman Superman related, and I and I give him that. Um, yeah, you gotta try somewhere. I would have loved to see Swamp Thing was technically more popular than Constantine at the time. It would have been cool to get a reference to him. And Shia LaBeouf wasn't all that popular at the time as well. Mm-hmm. But, eh. Like I said, <laughs> it is what it is. 
C'est la vie. Yep. Um, we talked about um, New Mutants. Josh Boone had his own little panel with Charlie Heaton there, um, the actor who plays Sunspot, um, and the actress who's going to be playing Mirage. Um, Queen, um, the producer for it as well. Oh, and um, Alice, I want to say Alice Braga. I'm, I'm going to have to watch Queen of the South. I, 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 I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much, I, I, I know I got it wrong because I like her. <laughs> Queen of, there we go, Queen of the South. Reina del Sur. Queen of the South. Yeah, I was right, Alice Braga. Ha! There you go. <laughs> I, I, was, I was legit. Scared that I got her name wrong. She's oh, she's so good. She's You're like I don't mean to brag, huh? I mean she's she's so cool. But um, she was there on the panel as well, and nice. Josh Boone has said, and I'm 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 glad he finally said, there was no re- they didn't do no reshoots, they didn't do no pickups. It was in limbo because of the merger. Oh, okay. And he said he understands. Everyone's frustration has been close to three years and they haven't seen this. He said he yeah. does not care if it's on VOD or Disney Plus. He said at least more people get to watch it. He's, yeah. he, he literally was like, I want people to see these great actors. He said, I want people to see my movie. I mean, at least that means, like, you know, you could tell that hopefully that means that he's put a lot of passion into it and it's like more about, like, I want people to enjoy this story. Dude, look at the panel and look at his show. Nothing but graphic novels and vinyl. Dude. I want to be a director to make that money so I can have his shelf. <laughs> you can tell he's a nerd. I mean, like, come on. Like, yes, he done Fault with the Stars. Um, Fault with our stars. I, 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 I'm, I don't watch those emo teenage movies, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but... He he does read the source material and he like um, Muschietti, Andy Muschietti, who brilliantly adapted the Ed novels. He knows how to get them the source material and maybe tweak it a little bit, but still keep it tied to the source material. Like yeah, it, and he the way how he talked about it, and we see in these trailers and the the new two minute spot that came out that started the movie. Yes, he's making it grounded, but he's not making it grounded to the point where. It's like the fucking X-Men films. Mm-hmm. Like, he leaves, like, watch the two-minute short. You'll see the demon bear, spirit and all, wrecking shit. You'll legit see in this new tra- trailer, they did, I don't know why you keep, they keep fucking these fucking trailers. Anya Taylor-Joy's magic going into the spirit world, fighting demon bear. Oh, dude, that sounds really cool. Like, and here's the thing. In the comic books, she did that, but she was technically, like, they classify her as dead. The class is like, my sister is not dead. She comes back. Her attitude is different. The way her Anna Taylor Joy is playing her, they're playing, she's playing it how she is in the comic books. Sarcastic, um, jokey, jokey. Angry. Hmm. Okay. In the comic books, she was like how Colossus is with the sister. He's like he's an overly productive brother, and Uh he was like she was always like 
the stereotypical brother sister dynamic until she comes back from the quote unquote dead and she has that hard edge kind of tone. So it's like no yeah. more. It's not more like look. I'm the badass sister. This is my brother. And it's like she's pretty much like this. Look, I can fuck you up with my powers now, bro. Shut the fuck up. This is no more. I'm your little sister. No, this is. I'm a, I'm a woman. Shut the fuck up, Colossus. That's tone magic is now in the comic books. Damn. <laughs> Her sword. It was and people's like, oh, she can kill people. Technically, she's knocking you out because. When she cuts you with her soul sword, it's literally hitting your soul, so which means if your soul gets hit, it's knocking you out. It's like, I felt that in my soul. And it's draining you of your life essence, so which means you could, she could, if she wanted to, kill you, but she's just hitting you to the point where she just wants you out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a much more fine-tuned control. Yep, and she does have powers similar to Colossus, but only her arm metals up oh okay not her entire way yeah not a her about she's more of a psychic um think of it more on the lines of professor x and psylocke's powers oh okay okay i think i know what you mean and i think if i remember correctly i think she's an omega level mutant as well oh shit because she can go into the mephisto's realm oh damn yeah that would that would put her at it yeah Oh, and also another thing, Mephisto's, well, this, the current being that he's taking over, Mephisto's got killed by Moon Knight, of all people. Really? This is what, this is what Moon Knight did. I don't know how the fuck he lifted Mjorn there. He picked it up, wrapped it up in this mystical binding with the two, um, Egyptian emblems wrapped on top of Mjorn there. He swung Mjorn there and went through Mephisto's chest. What the fuck? Moon Knight, of all people. That's what, like, really? Fucking Moon Knight? I was like, holy shit. Like, like, what the fuck did he do to lift the hammer, first of all? Like, I know you said, like, he wrapped his shit around it, but... How the fuck? He, and when when Marvel finally does his TV series, he's going to be the more interesting MCU hero. Because he has a multiple multiple personality disorder. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is one of those personalities like pure? Probably. But Moon Knight's gonna be very interesting though. And when that when that comes, but that um we we could we took care of our Marvel. So what we we're I'm gonna share Josh Boone's sentiments. Let us just see the fucking movie. Yeah, um, like honestly, that's that's the reason I only ever watch like the first trailer now. And and on top of that, they they really, well, people could dye their hair. The actress who played Mirage, she 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 is Native American, but she dyed her hair platinum blonde recently. So that's probably because of COVID. Yo, Marvel, let's let's make another movie so she can get out of the house. Because <laughs> you can tell people are going crazy staying indoors when they start changing their hair. I e me shaving off my beard. Next topic. <laughs> It's like a lot of people are having a Britney moment right now. Yep. Next topic. <laughs> um, this one caught us both off guard Friday. We both really did not know to make of this. G4, X-Play, and Attack of the Show are all returning in 2021. But, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> but GameSpot, GamesRadar, GamerX, 
IGN, GameSpot, kind of funny. Us, we don't know how the fuck how. Like, 100%. Like, wait, what? Um, there are some reports that former X-Play co-host um, Blair Herder. Um, I don't even know what Blair Herder. He, Blair, Blair Herder, is, he works within the gaming industry. That's what he still does. But he don't work for IGN. He does some things behind the camera for IGN. But he he's not an on-camera personality anymore. Could, is apparently, he could be one of the reasons for G4 to come back. This is now. This is coming from Adam Sessler's tweet. He, he said, "Blair Herder may have something to do with this." Wink. So, damn. If if that's the case, it's it's very welcome. Xavier WWE superstar Xavier Woods is campaigning currently right now. You can look at his video right now on his Twitter and on his channel. Up up down down to be the new host for either X-Player or Attack of the Show. And I say, get him. <laughs> I mean, he's already injured. So he, he's, is, he's already injured. He's not back in the WWE. His his tag partner, um, Kofi Kingston, is also out with a bad back. Their only partner, Big E, is by himself. Damn, shit. Sounds like you can pick him up on clearance. No, I'm just joking. So, <laughs> yo, give... Xavier Woods something to do. Let him. That means, and also that means he'll have to leave Atlanta and move down here. Yo, welcome to LA, Xavier Woods. Let him host the show. Yep, yeah, I, I can see him definitely doing Attack of the Show. Not, he would do X. I know he would do X Play as well, but I think he would be better suited for Attack. Yeah, of the show. He, he would fit better there. I think. Like, hell, he can do anything. Now, me on the other hand. <clears throat> I want to throw officially throw my hat in to be your news correspondent for the feed when that comes back with the tag of the show. I can be the disembodied voice to give you the news. That's right. You want this man right here. He can he can bring it up to G five. Or we host a cheats show like G four had the show cheats. Let me be the host for cheats. Huh. Except for. We'll tell you inside gamer like control had a secret um area where you had to play a roulette table, but you had to do all these things to unlock this gold suit for control. Dude, how surreal would it be if you had like a message in your inbox about this like tomorrow? I will. I, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not afraid to say it. I will cry. And if I was offered, I'm like I will. It's what piss a lot of people off. I will put off grad school first. <laughs> I, I mean that that would almost that would probably be worth it, honestly though. Fuck yeah! I mean, I wanted to. This is during the time I was at Trade Tech, early in the years when I was at Trade Tech. Mm-hmm. I wanted to intern for G Four, so I assumed what I was doing at Trade Tech would and give me credit to be um, an intern for G Four. No. It didn't. We're like, bye. Yeah, I, I legit got an email. I, and I don't have that. And it was the old shitty email of Big Daddy D. 
I didn't have that. I did not know anything about professional emails or anything. I just had this shitty email, and it said, "Yeah, no, I used to have Alien Overlord, man. I got you." But then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, um, Adam Kovic, uh, Funhouse used to work for G4, but he was behind the camera. He said the reason why he got a job at G4, one of the professors at his community college worked for G4, and that's how he was able to get on. And I'm like, fuck. I was like. I can't be mad because you had someone on the inside working yeah. at your community college. You was able to get an internship there. I was like, "Fuck!" Now I was in, in here, me and Adam Kovic is around the same age, so I'm like, "Well, by three years, he's older than me." All right, I'm you're sorry. like you're like going on my professor. Like, do any of these fuckers work for G four? <laughs> I did not know anything about Raymond Professor at the time. Um, well, this was like 2000. 2003-2004 so I don't think Raymond Professor was even that synonymous but I digress I legit from that time up until G4 lost their contract with DirecTV which I that means I couldn't um, consume TV content but they and here's the thing that they messed up on YouTube was becoming a big thing podcasting was becoming a big thing they did not put a lot of time and effort on their online content and yeah, that was one of the main one of the main reasons why G four failed. But now that we're in the new age, yeah, it was still a very like old format. Now that we're in the new age, they can take advantage of a website, YouTube. They can do big numbers now that the fact that we know G four is coming back. They can do big numbers by doing long form and short form content not only on their own website like Nerdist, but also on YouTube. I was like, they all they have to do is copy the nerdist approach or a fun house or kind of funny. You can do it today. How funny how funny is it that like back then everybody would look up to G4 and be like, damn man, that's like that's where we want to reach to. And then now here we are talking about G4 saying, Man, all you gotta do is copy these other guys that came after you that copied what you did but made it into an online thing. If you want to be successful, copy them now. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It kind of comes full circle. It makes you think a little bit, but it's... <laughs> so, from the GameSpot article from Jeremy Winslow. Hey, Winslow. Um, he started off with a tweet from Rob Breslau. Sources say G4 is making a comeback from Comcast, who still owns the property, led by Spectator Gaming President, Spectre Gaming President, Tucker Roberts, who oversees the Comcast esports organization T1, T, um, T1, T1, um, T1 L um, League of Legends, and the Philadelphia Fusion Owl team. Tucker is also the son of Comcast CEO Brian Roberts. Oh, and this is this is from an update. Now, if this if it's going to be on the web, but also backed by Comcast, this makes a hundred percent sense since Comcast yeah. owns the rights, and that's how they lost DirecTV lost the TV right, um, the distribution TV rights to G4. Mm -hmm. This means probably his son it was in his ear and be like, "Yo, this is the time to bring it back. We G4 needs to come back." Like, look, people are waiting. The yeah. people like like broadcast it, and they will watch. Um, it also says there was a minute, um, 
also there was a minute long um, video providing no details, but it was showing old Tech of the Show logos. I mean G4 logos. Um, there's no information whether on G4 slash Xplay Tech of the Show will come to cable TV or partner with streaming services like Hulu, Netflix, or launch a YouTube channel. Additionally, it's unclear if any of the former hosts will return to participate, like we mentioned before. Adam Sessler was just as shocked as everyone. Um, recently, um, former Attack of the Show host Kevin Pereira tweeted that he was very interested in whatever G4 this G4 teaser is supported to be in. In a follow-up tweet, Kevin Pereira mentioned Olivia Munn, who, which, surprising or not, uh, was a former Attack of the Show co-host who now works as an actress scene. She was in Iron Man 2, the Lego New Django movie, X-Men Apocalypse as Psylocke, and many others. Um, like we said before, Adam Sessler um, came out and said, saying he didn't expect to see the X-Play Twitter account. It's unclear if Sessler would have any involvement with his G4 alleged return. Now, that right there, and this is what I was going to save up for, Adam Sessler will more than likely don't want jack shit to do with G4 if the old regime is over it. Because he was fired from X-Play. And it was very very publicly known he was fired from X-Play. Now, for what specific reasons? Don't know. Because if y'all remember towards the tail end of X-Play, Blair Herder got the bump to being Morgan Webb's co-host. Adam Sessler was fired. I assume because of his age. Because hmm. by the time he towards the end of G4, Adam Sessler was getting older. Obviously, he was losing his hair, so by the time we got to the older part, the later part of G4, he shaved his hair. But he always managed to have the best pair of kicks out of everyone. If you really look at it, he had the best shoe game of all of G4. I... Yeah, yeah. Come on, he had the best shoe game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Keeley also came from G4 with G4TV.com. Um, so it was it was um, an electronic playground. Tommy Tellerico was a staple of G4 who ended up doing now the video game concert conventions. Like he has even written some of your favorite video game soundtracks. He's been involved with um, God of War. Um, old God of War, not current God of War. Old God of War games. Um, I think if I remember correctly, he also helped doing the Gears of War. Um, his version of Zelda's Lullaby, you have to listen to it, dude. Phenomenal. Hmm. Ooh, I'll have to definitely check that out. Um, all the video game, um, video game live soundtracks is on Spotify. Like, holy crap. I, I didn't even know Tom Tellerico was even in the game gaming world. That's why you knew most of the people who worked on G4 worked within the industry as well. Yeah. Um, like, they, they, they didn't just start at G4. Like, they had brought their talents in from other places, for sure. Um, Jade Raymond, um, she went on to work for Ubisoft and helped did most of the um, Assassin's Creed games. Oh, damn, yeah. She, she worked on Electronic Playground. Abby Heppy... I, I probably mispronouncing her last name. She went to Respawn. She was on oh, X-Play she... as well. She did a couple of on-camera stuff, and she mainly did behind-the-scenes stuff, but she ended up working for uh, um, Respawn doing... Not, not Respawn. Titanfall doing did Respawn, right? Respawn did Titanfall, right? If I'm going to correct Yeah. Okay. Respawn did... Uh, she worked on Titanfall, Titanfall 2, 
and Star Wars Fallen Order. Oh, damn. So, That's pretty Yeah. And also, we also have... Um, Olivia Munn's not the only actress who was part of G4. Can you guess who? I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm trying to remember right now. I'm just like, shit, I know you're right. I just can't remember her name. Evangeline Lilly. There you go. Yeah. The Wasp herself was part of G4. Yep, 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 yep. How could I fucking forget that? Except for she was, um, I hate to say it, a booth babe. So every time they was showing our products, she would be like the Vanna White. So, and Allison Hayslip. If, if you don't know who she is, y'all, y'all disrespecting the woman's name. She is... You know, she she even said on the podcast she uh, was on retro replay um, when they was doing a playthrough of Uncharted. She said up until Uncharted three, no Uncharted two, because that's what they was playing. She never owned a PlayStation up up until that point, which is crazy. Damn. Maybe it's because I'm a multi console guy. It's crazy to hear people only have one console. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, sometimes I forget that. It's always weird when I have to answer that question sometimes for some reason. It's just like, oh, what do you play? It's like, I play both. Like, like <laughs> there's, when you hear people talk about they have one console, it's because sometimes it's, it's maybe a specific feature that the console have that they was interested in. Mm-hmm. Or, like, since the dawn of the video game ages, brand loyalty. Yeah, but, I mean, brand... I don't know. I've never understood brand loyalty. Like, I I had a PS2 and an Xbox, like, when I could afford both. <laughs> so, me, I was that brand loyalist up until the PS3 era. Up, like, for, like, for a good long time. Well, actually, no. I started with an Atari... Which is why I, I could say I'm fortunate enough to be li- be old enough but young enough to li- to see the the end of the Atari, the start of Sega, the start of Nintendo, and see every every um, evolution of Nintendo, the end of the Sega Genesis, the end of the Sega franchise, and the start of the PlayStation and Xbox. Damn. So, the Dreamcast was the last one. I definitely remember that one. That one was, that one was wild. <laughs> damn, yeah. I'm like trying. To, I'm trying to remember the history of it now. It's just like, damn. I remember my friends and I both had um, Atari 2600s mm-hmm. at some point, and then like I had I had gotten an NES, and they got a uh, a Sega Genesis, and we would like take turns like going to each other's houses to like try the different systems. And then, eventually, like, yeah, we both ended up getting... No, my friends got the PlayStation. I never got the PlayStation 1 until I bought it for myself later. But they got the PlayStation, and I got the N64. Yeah, I was the same way. I didn't get the PlayStation... I got the PlayStation 1 um, when I was about 17. I, it was By that point, the, play, the PS2 was already... I had the PS2 already. The PS3, we already... To say the PS3 came out when I was about 25. So Yeah, I think what, 2008 or 2006? 2005. Five, damn, at the birth of YouTube. 
Um, so, wait, no, 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 no. No, you was right. 2007, 2008, because I remember, I remember specifically because my mother passed around that time. Mm, okay. I remember that specifically. Um, but, yeah, I, I got the PlayStation 1 right around the PS2 was coming out. And he was like, why are you getting the PlayStation 1? First of all, this is the collector's edition PS1 with the TV attached to it. <laughs> nice. Oh, I, I had a friend that had that one. And I met, uh, that pissed me off. I I would never, ever forgive for that happening. A drink was spilt on it and it died. No. Yeah. Dude, my, I, I used to have the, the Pikachu edition N64. You know, the one that was like all blue and like when you would turn it on, his cheeks would light up. Yep. And at some point, like, like, I don't know what my cousin had told my mom, but my mom being, like, super religious, my cousin had, like, convinced my mom that Pokemon, like, like was Japanese for devil worship. So when she, when she found that, that N64 again, like, after having quote-unquote learned that, she threw that shit out. I was just like, damn, like, you have no idea what you just threw away. And then later, later I ended up getting myself a clear one. Huh? should have took it back to your cousin. I know, right? <laughs> um, like, I should have... Nah, I, would, I probably wouldn't have been in jail still if I wanted to kill my brother for that PS, that PlayStation 1 fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I would have been in jail. Because <laughs> I had... I found the... What are you looking for? Murdered my brother over a PlayStation. It was like, yeah, I get it. Um... I had um, I found the more I told you I found that Game Shark and I unlocked all the cheats for Legend of the Dragoon. I played Legend of the Dragoon so much that whole summer having it. Oh, I even <laughs> nice. had it when I had my um, my knee surgery, my first oh. and second knee surgery. I had that with me in the hospital. All the kids, I was the 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 third teenager on, on that in the child on the children's war, but oh man, that was. Memories. Like, Man. You want to play with the other kids? Uh, no. I'm I'm 16 and I'm playing Legend of the Dragon. Like I'm good. Like just <laughs> let me play this game. Yeah. So to clarify, I was 16 when I bought it, not 17. 17 was when I lost it. Ah. Uh, I only had it for you. Oh damn, that sucks. Yeah. Dude, did I ever tell you I I managed to find randomly at a Goodwill the the collector's edition Halo uh, green clear Xbox. I know a friend she'll more likely be like, what the fuck? Like, I found that, and it came with all four controllers, and they let me turn it on in the store to make it sure, make sure that it worked. They were like, yeah, hook it up to one of the TVs. Uh, and uh, do you want to guess how much they charged me for that with the four controllers? It's a, it's a clear green... Original Xbox says Halo Combat Evolved on it, and it has the matching clear green controller and four, uh, three extra controllers that were also like clear blue and green, like uh, like three other ones. Thirty bucks. Twenty. I was just like, you guys have no idea what you have, but on top of that, it's a Goodwill, so I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> Damn. Um. 
Yeah, we got background chatter. Back him. Uh, yeah, nobody don't give a fuck in this house. We're doing it live. Let's move on to Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds? What about Outer Worlds? Is there an Outer World? Oh, that was just... Oh, we got to take another week break. Because these, these puns are getting progressively worse, man. I wouldn't even classify that one as a pun. I'd just say that it was reaching. <laughs> Very much so. Um, this was announced during the Xbox um, gameplay, if you want to call that, press conference. <laughs> it was trash. That was something we was going to talk about. We did. I mean, there were some cool things for me, but I mean, like, I get why some people are underwhelmed by it. But it, it I, it's really dependent on whether or not you were interested in any of those titles. Here's the thing, though. Domino's UK was dragging um, the Halo Infinite gameplay. They really? Le- yeah, they legit posted a um, a photo of their pizza. One is like showing current gen next gen but it was all digitized i was like come on dude like that's a fucking working prototype calm the fuck down but here's the thing though and this one i'm taking the gamer side of things when you're looking at halo infinite and even though also look at what they showed last year that is a whole total downgrade and on top of that this is an Xbox Series X gameplay press conference. That is a PC port that they showed. Yeah, totally. No, for sure. So, I'm with I'm on. I don't, I don't play Halo. I have no inclinations. I ever wanted to play it ever. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But I'm on the side of the gamers. I was, in the words of Robert for Young Justice, I was whelmed. Not overwhelmed, just whelmed. I'll tell. I'll tell you this. I, I obviously I just told you I bought a Halo edition Xbox because I fucking love Halo. Yep. <laughs> but um I'll t- I'll tell you this. I was definitely underwhelmed by the graphics, but I was also not fucking surprised because the other thing that people might be forgetting right now is Bungie is literally making their own fucking engine from the ground up for this game. Like the last thing that we saw was a cinematic trailer. Like yes, cool as shit. And that is what I what I am expecting the graphics to be, but the fact that they pushed out like I'm only saying uh, like this might be me like defending as a Halo fanboy and uh, don't get you, you, you totally are defending it because your tone of voice changed. <laughs> like, like yeah, I'm defending it, but I will I will take away some shit right now. Don't get me wrong, I had problems with it, I did, but the thing is they really are building a brand new fucking engine for it. So it's just like the fact that they can run all of these textures, in my opinion, is actually really fucking cool. I I'm gonna be really disappointed if the final product looks like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just hoping that there is still enough time to where they will continue to fucking refine that. But as far as like what the gameplay looks like, it is it makes sense to me why the graphics aren't there yet because it to me it looks like they're more focusing on the fact that they're changing the way that this game is going to be played. Because the fact that there's even a fucking map in it now, the way that they showed it, like, that that one, like, addition to the game already opens so much shit where I'm just like, how the fuck are they going to make this happen? 
because if they need to procedurally generate everything and they're going to make a Halo ring size thing that is bigger than the last three games combined is what they said, I'm really interested to see how they're going to pull that off with like an open world setting kind of thing where you have a mini-map that you technically get to explore, however. So it's like, if the graphics can start matching the rest of that, it's awesome. If they don't, then I'm going to say, what the fuck? You know, you you don't have an excuse. This is next-gen hardware. Also, side note, my cat giving my leg the pause. I'm What's getting, up? I'm getting beat up by my own cat. <laughs> What's... Why are you talking? My cat was trying to what? beat me up. What's Harley doing to you now? She was in the way. I gently nudged her out the way. And then, pap, pap. Oh, she got paps back. Yep, she got paps. She was giving those skibbity paps. Mm. Now, back to she, Outer Worlds. <clears throat> now, Obsidian, it just... At first, I thought there was a small group of people who made this beautiful-looking game that's in the vein of Fallout. Obviously, because they made Fallout New Vegas. And then they got, like, Sony getting these independent game studios. Um, Microsoft absorbed Obsidian. They mentioned, they said, and I remember clearly, at the start of the year, there was going to be one DLC for Outer Worlds. Then they said there was going to be now two. Rocked everybody's world. And on top of that, they showed the next-gen game that they're making, not only for the Xbox Series X and then their Game Pass, but also for PlayStation 4. Yup. I mean, PS5. Notice they did say launch exclusive, right? That just means, like, it's going to come to Xbox first, but that doesn't mean it doesn't eventually go to PS5. It's going to go to Game Pass. And yeah. holy fucking balls, I am happy to be a Game Pass subscriber. I would legit cancel DC Universe and be like, hey, Game Pass is $15 a month. I can download whatever game I want and play it. Including that new Obsidian game? Fuck, Fuck yeah. Inc- and uh, at least for me, including Halo Infinite? Fuck that's, yeah. That's you. That's, Halo's on you. We, we made all of this. All you. you just had the work message back into the conversation. He's out, <laughs> he's out of this conversation because we're talking about Outer fine, Worlds. Fine, fine, fine. This is my game of 2019. Right? <laughs> this is Thank my game. This is not Halo. Master Chief was in fucking limbo. Right? He was in limbo. I see the. I seen gameplay video of Halo Five. His ass was in space, not doing what he's supposed to do, saving. While we was in, we was in space in Outer Worlds, saving Halcyon. Now back to what we were saying. <clears throat> this is the first game pack DLC pack. Um, it's titled Peril on Gorgon. Um, it's a new planet that, um, oh, the article is written by Cass Marshall. And now I'm going to assume it's either Cassidy. I'm going to assume. So, if you, you, Cass. I mean, I, like, it's either Cassidy or Cassius. Or Castia. Or Castia, yeah. yeah. Tweet, um, tweet at us. Well, tweet at me. I'm trying to be famous. Remember, G4. G4. The Somebody please. Me. No, just... <laughs> um, it's going to be a new planet. Um, three new science weapons. And a ton of characters that we can kill indiscrim- indiscriminately. Yeah. 
I can only imagine how many playthroughs you're going to give it now. This will be my third playthrough. Now I just have to decide if I'm going to dedicate it to the Xbox or PlayStation. Interesting. But here's the thing, though. On my second playthrough in the PS4 version, I got that that um, ending where I did not have to shoot nobody. I went through the whole final level without having to shoot one person. Nice. I was able to talk my way out of everything. Dude, that's pretty cool. I was like, I'm legit tempted. Taking a picture of my stats. <laughs> PS4 <laughs> version. And replicating it on the Xbox One version. You're like, I like that ending, or I like that ability. I want to do that shit again. <laughs> but then on top of that, I if I'm going to do it for the third time, I have to do it different choices than I did the first go around. Like, like letting the spatial choice keep their power, um, taking the power cell from the other town and letting let the spatial choice keep their town up and running. Mm. That would be the okay. one change I would do. The one where you having the two factions come together, I'm going to keep that because I think that is more beneficial than killing off a whole entire people who was going to die if they did not. Like we, the whole play, if you haven't played Outer Worlds, everyone is going to die in a few years if if you, the captain of the Unreliable, wake up your compatriots on this ship so you can actually save Halcyon. And I'm not, and it's depending on your ending. Everybody has a different ending on Outer Worlds. Not everyone has the same ending. I know for me, I kept on getting the same ending because morally, I just didn't. I it's like the real world. Fuck the rich and the government. It's time for the poor and the working class to stand to rise up. Mm-hmm. But now I need to go neutral. Chaotic, you always go. I need to go chaotic neutral. I'm always going chaotic good now it's time to go chaotic neutral oh god i love a good chaotic neutral one so i might have to go chaotic neutral and do things we're like all right this makes sense sorry you just but fuck you all right he's like this makes sense this doesn't (laughs) um even if it conflicts with i might have to do it um and i always play it like i'm like i'm doing like it's firefly like I'm the cap. Like I legit named uh, on the second playthrough Malcolm Reynolds. Ah, nice. Like it was Firefly. Um, and plus, I get this. I get to hang out with Pavardi. I like Pavardi. Out of all the companion characters of any game, I like Pavardi. Like she's like you know how awesome it is that it's like one of the first people too. Yep. And then on top of that, and somebody else um, on Twitter. Um, they said um, this. She is a good representation of a asexual character. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, a lesbian asexual character, and Jun Lee, a lesbian partner who is who? What's the word I'm looking for? Who well there for them? I'll, I'll say it like that because I know that does not. I'm not worried, right? But she understood Parvati. Yeah. And she just wanted to be with him because intellectually, Parvati, like, that's a huge get if you have Parvati romance Jun Lee. Or if you have <laughs> Parvati in your party, 
Like that is what you get for Jun Lee on that ship. Gotta keep that Pavati in the party. Um, but for us, that kind of sucks because you're not gonna have her on your ship, which means your shit is <laughs> like you have to deal with a robot. Well, a self-thinking navigational AI who wants to who if you do not comply, calling yourself the former captain, she will jettison you or suck all the oxygen out and kill you and then find Shit. someone else who will comply like and then give you the percentage on if you're going to live or die no Jesus. I shit you not on my first playthrough she said you have a very low chance of living and then when I came back I'm surprised you came back alive <laughs> like straight up damn right I'm alive I was like this little bitch I'm calling the robot. Even though it's a video game, if I was actually there, I'd be like, I'm calling the robot a bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the second playthrough, she said, I have a high probability of living. So I'm like, my choices. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it has to be my choices. Yeah. So, hence why I said, everyone, your choices are different. So, back to the main story of this DLC. <laughs> Um, peril on um, peril on Gorgon is a fully integrated. It's fully integrated with the main campaign. So, which means if you're gonna replay it, if you're gonna pick up an old save, it's going to you have to load a save before you do the final planet. But then also make note, I can't use my first playthrough because the corporations are all on shoot to kill. No. <laughs> So, and it looks like we're on a spacer choice planet. I'm very, very sure I'm going to be shot on sight. So that, which means I won't be able to get through this whole entire story. Huh. <laughs> well, maybe they'll like build in a way that kind of helps make sense. Like nah. for have that kind of situation going on. I'll just do a third playthrough where I know I can play. It is, and it, plus here's a good thing that would be good for you. It adds an extra six to eight hours. Damn. On top of, um, that is not that is definitely not an insignificant amount of playtime shit. Like there are games that don't literally drop with that and that's fucking DLC. I think I clocked in at 40, 40 hours on Outer Worlds. I think forty close to forty um thirty thirty eight to forty hours, if I remember correctly. So Damn. That's, that's adding in the extra that's if you're trying to do everything and you're trying to be like like Uber perfect. So this adds on an extra six to eight hours, which is which is good, and it's um twenty four ninety nine. I'll, I'll jump to the uh, before I like finish um talking about everything. Um, at the end of the article, it says, "Perils of Gorgon" will release on September 9th. It's going to be a stack September. You got Cyberpunk, Avengers, Tony Hawk, Kingdoms of Amalur, Rear Reckoning, and now this DLC on September. September's gonna be a crazy ass month for you, isn't it? I know, and and the fact that we're getting a new stimulus, <laughs> you know where my money's. I'm I'm hearing info we may get it in October. I don't mind waiting a month just to get this, and all the other titles we just mentioned. I'm You're like, have, yeah, I'm, I know what I'm doing, paying my rent. No, I'm just... The rest of my 2020 is gonna be. Fun. 
And no, I'm not buying the PlayStation 5 or Series X. I'm the type of person who, well, besides the PS4. I'm away, I'll wait into the new year to get either one. Well, I'll let you know what it's like because I'll tell you where my stimulus is going. Okay. Um, I don't I normally mine first gen consoles. Like I'm literally still running on day one Xbox One and day one X, uh, PS4. Yep, I have a day one PS4, but I have a Xbox Series Xbox One. Um, I got to like four, like three to four years after the Xbox um, PS4 came out. Oof. That's not that bad. It's one. It was one of the newer consoles when they started coming out with the um, the pro models for the Xbox and the PS4. So oh, I, I, so I got it was in that. It was, that's what it made this Xbox more cheaper. Cause yeah, because the new ones started to come out. The 4K models started to come out. Yeah, then you'll see like the like the thin yeah the thin ones and the 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 thin small ones and the 4K ones. And then I'm just like. The only reason I haven't upgraded mine is because I don't have a 4K TV, so I'm like, it's kind of lost on me. Yeah, same here. I don't have, like, because I know the PS5 and the Series X is going to be 4K ready. And yeah. also, now is the time to buy 4K TVs because I saw a 65-inch. Guess how much? I'm going to guess around 520 Hells no. For right? Sam, no, for a Samsung, um, no, Samsung 4K smart TV. 309. Fuck, really? Three and technically we put in tax. You're looking at $325. Wait, where? Wait, don't tell me here, because I still want to get one in. If we say it here, everybody's gonna go out and fucking buy one. Here. Best buy. Costco. Costco was selling one for four. Well, cause I the last time I checked Costco, it was like a 55 inch for about 379, and that's what my dad bought his at. But what which brand though? Because different that brands, was, different brands will have different prices. That was an LG. Let's see, LG is different from Samsung. Samsung tends to be a little bit more cheaper. Mm. Like I, my go. I would say LG and Vizio would be like cheaper. Well, the LG I got was cheap, well was not that cheap. It was little, at the time it was a little more expensive. Because mm. I got this one for nine hundred, which is. It's not that bad. Everybody says it's big, but I, I had this for a fucking long ass time, so I can't tell the difference. All I know is it was a, a fifty inch, and a, it was like fifty inch is still big. Yeah, but have you seen the sixty five and the seventy inch motherfucker? <laughs> like my fucking, it's as big that, as my uh, California flag right here. Like, bitch, I want a wall. No, I'm just... I know. I want. I want the. I, I, I legit want a seventy. I know it's gonna brighten the shit out of my room. I don't care. Yeah, that's that's something that I feel like modern TVs should take into account. Like, why is that not already like a like a button on the remote? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. But um, I'm gonna get darkened out of curtains so nobody won't see the fuck see my TV. I don't care. Yeah, but I mean, I'm the kind of per- like honestly, you know what I would really love? This is just honestly me. I don't know how many people would agree with me here, but I like falling asleep listening to stuff, even if it's like movies or TV or whatever. Like, it's different every night for me like i'll just put something but i still like to sleep in the dark so like i normally would like play my phone or something but i would legitimately not be mad at a tv where i had the ability to like almost dim it to where you can't see the screen anymore so you could still like listen to it but again i don't know 
that just might be me being weird. I don't know how many people would like agree with me on that. The point is, I would like a brightness control on a on an actual remote at this point. That's all you and I live in a house with three other brothers, and we try to keep the power bill low. We're shocked that our power bill is at fifty-eight dollars. Dude, no, for real. Like, I think our areas are like kind of really good with that. I think mine. If I don't use my AC, mine is like legitimately around thirty or something. But here's the thing, though. I have my uh my fan going on round the clock since the summer started, so I'm still surprised it's at fifty-eight dollars. But oh yeah. Dude, I, I, I completely agree. I have the one that's next to me on constant. But back, even though we jump towards the end of the article, I will go back. Um, like I said, Perils of, of Gorgon would be out. Peril of Gorgon would be out September 9th on PS4, Xbox One, PC for $14.99. But you can also grab the expansion pass for $24.99, which will include Peril of Gorgon and the next Outer World DLC, which will release which will also uh, release on the Switch at a later date, according to Obsidian. On the Switch? Yep. Wait, the second DLC is going to drop on the Switch first? Or am I hearing that and that this DLC is going to drop on the Switch later? Yep. This expansion will release on the Switch later. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, that makes sense. It, It sounds like most of the time it takes more time to port to Switch for some reason, I guess because they got a downscale or something, I don't know. And the reason why this is a good thing, um, the gentleman who was show running the PlayStation um, Expo um, earlier um, around, I would say late June, early July, um, we got to see the reveal of the PlayStation 5. He said there's still, he said as much content that is coming to the PS5 is going to be an equal amount still coming to the PS4. He said, equate this to like past console generations where there was still content all the way up towards the end cycle of each, uh, technically the end cycle of each console. So technically, they're not counting this year as the end of the PS4 because they still, he said, there's still gaming companies that are making games for the PlayStation 4. And they're they're strictly for the PS4 and it's not for the Xbox, while some companies are ready to make PlayStation 5 ready games. Yeah, I would say count the actual end of the cycle for PS4 sometime like mid-2021 is when you'll really notice it taper off. I'll say 2022. Yeah, especially because of, you know, this past year going on, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes on a little longer. And Obsidian is one of those companies because they announced Avow. Avow right. is one of their newer, newer games that they're making. And can't wait. I, I know, I can't wait to see more of it as well. Because um, so far, they hooked me. Even though that that the absurdity of the the arrow going all the way down, you know what that reminded me of, man. For some reason, what? Remember that old Xbox commercial where the dude like grows up as he's flying through the air? Actually, no, I no, I don't. No, yeah, it was a weird ass Xbox commercial. I'll I'll have to look it up and send you a link. But basically, the whole premise was like it. Like, it's just the POV of that arrow is what it reminded me of, because think of that camera shot, but it was a weird-ass commercial. It's like this woman giving birth, Mm -hmm. and then, like, she shoots out her baby, and the baby starts, like, it gets launched out of the hospital, and you cut to that angle, the same one as as the arrow, and you see the baby, like, like, flying through the air, and then it eventually ages, and it starts going in, like growing into a child and then a teenager and then an adult man 
and then an old man, and then when it lands, it lands in the grave, and then it says Xbox. Like, it's the weirdest commercial. Like, like I think it had something to do with, like, with, like, console generations getting older or something. Like, I think it was with the Xbox 360. I want to say around that age. But I, I gotta find this commercial. It was the weirdest thing I ever see. But for some reason, I remembered that watching the Avowed commercial. Specifically because of the specific camera angle with that arrow. <laughs> no lie. If we was on video, the people would get to see the look on my face with you explaining that. Uh, that was a waste of two minutes. All right. <laughs> it's called content. If not, fire me. <laughs> Useless Xbox content. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, you know, at me on Twitter if anybody remembers what the fuck commercial I'm talking about. That's the Damon Lama Rider. Damon Lama Rider uh, on Twitter. Um, Peril Gargon is a fully integrated. Uh, is fully integrated within the main campaign. This isn't a quarantine zone where the DLC content is neatly separated from the main game. The crew of the Disaster Companion, um, of the crew of Disaster Companions, the player picked up. On the unreliable are coming along for the ride along with new dialogue interactions reactions to the events on gorgon um, this includes big players from the original campaign like felix and smaller members of the crew cheerful ship robot sam in particular gets a little more attention this goes around in short um this dlc is packed like any um like adding like adding another course to a delicious meal as opposed to preparing another entree altogether it's, it's more of a good thing, which is welcome after the brisk pace and complex narrative of the base Outer Wars experience is. There are no major changes to the formula, but that is a good excuse to go back and try a new run through the Halcyon colony. The entirety of the entirety of of, of the Peril of Gorgon DLC will last about as long as the Monarch hub in the base game. So that is that is about like I said before sixty eight hours. So it's like being on Monarch for that for that long amount of time in the game. If you remember Monarch. Hmm. Um. I'm trying to remember. I I like. Don't worry about. It's been um, a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I I played it like one playthrough and I don't think I finished it. Um, it's a stunning chunk of gameplay, but the player won't spend all their time on Gorgon. They'll have to return to previous hubs and check out um, old zones, as well as delve into new dungeons. So, which means we're not only getting Gorgon, but we're also getting maybe some new nuggets added into the game base game as well. Nice. Um, it said Gorgon's overworld is a canyon with a spatial choice facility built into the cliffs and slopes so the players will have to traverse up and down the planet entirely has um, the entire planet has a ne um, noir vibe which i like think nice. um, think a detective entering a world of marauders and, and underworld crime unlike planets like sweetwater and monarch gorgon is a pulp adventure with the mystery to solve since this is outer worlds there is also choices too you have to make Okay, nice. Um, Sounds like it's going to be very, very... Like a really great addition, honestly. Like, I, I don't want to speak too early of it, but I I, I have confidence in, in Obsidian at this point. 
Um, this is from um, Gang Direct. Um, Gang. <laughs> game director um, Carrie Patel, the game director and senior narrative designer, when she spoke with Polygon, um, we're really pushing some of the relevations of some of the higher um, of the bigger narrative feeds where you're learning about the stuff that influenced life in the solar system of Halcyon, and your companions definitely have feelings about it. It's up to the player how they dictate they want um, delegate. Oh, well, sorry. It's up to the player how delicate they want to they want to be while navigating this mystery. The team has plotted a puzzle that could be solved even if all the uh, all the suspects are murdered by the player. <laughs> uh, fuck, I'm uh, I, I was when I first played it, I was killing everybody left and right. I was I would say I was Keanu good. Um, <laughs> a, a kill everyone run was a major headache to manage in the main game, but Obsidian wanted to ensure that this was a well-rounded narrative with plenty of leads that um, of leads and ways to solve the primary conflict. There's one particular possible murder that, as weird as it may sound, I'm really proud of for the Team 4. I don't want to spoil it, but when you try it, you'll know it, and when you find it, and you'll know it when you find it, Patel adds. That means uh, my talkative playthrough for playthrough three is going ahead. I'm not going killy willy nilly killy killy on everybody. Ah. Nope. Because <laughs> that'll be that'll be fucked up if you kill everybody. You solve the mystery and you be like, oh, I I not only killed the innocent person but I also killed the murderer. Ah. All right, let's get off the planet and let's go finish our mission in Helsion. You're gonna have to try one playthrough where you do that, though. I'm so curious. Just me going all willy nilly, killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like how? Like how would that really play out? Like after your your initial playthrough, doing it serious, right? It's just like, what would, it, what would it be like if you immediately killed like the the guilty party? Or what would it be like if you killed all the innocent except the guilty party? Well. I do have a very sarcastic character. So that will work in my favor. <laughs> um, it's a, um, she also adds on, um, Matt Hudson adds on, who's the project art director. He has a, it's really fun having to design around the implications of knowing that the player can show up, kill the primary quest giver for the first time before you even get to talk to her. Oof. Damn. Oh man, we just we just we just they just blowing up all kind of gender norms. Like you playing as a dude, you walking up, complain. Oh, use the quest giver. My bad, my bad. Let me let me reload up the safe. Let me read up the safe. <laughs> they're gonna, like, they're gonna, I forgot to save a while ago. I didn't save that recently. Oh man, and also, he also adds on, um, and then having to des um, design interesting and tr engaging fallbacks. For that inevitability. Oh, fuck. They thought of everything. <laughs> because yeah. it is an inevitability, everyone will take opportunity they can to make our lives a little bit harder with that stuff, says, like I said, Ben Hansen. Patel also notes that there are no mustache twirly, twirling evildoers, but Obsidian offers characters with strong points of view and asks the player to decide which party 
um, to decide which party will be more successful. It's less about it's less about the purity of a tent, and more about the navigation navigating the complicated system of Halcyon. That makes sense because the overall game is about um, the mass production of uh, industrialism, how that affects the people, how overworked everyone are. Um, it's, it's a definite class system when you go towards the end of the game. Um, their intentions is that the player will head to Gorgon in the later stages of the game, but before everything is locked in for the final run through the end game. But the perks and flaws that players can unlock on Gargan are advantages outside of Gargan itself. Some of them are designed to be powerful bonuses that make the combat pretty silly. If you're one of those masochistic players that loves, um, loves to tackle high-level content at a much earlier level, you get the access to this stuff much earlier, says Hansen. There will also be three new science weapons so far. We, they only detail on one, the Pest Exterminator Tool. Um, which is a melee weapon that pulls in enemies, which is great for dealing with runners. Can you imagine using a weapon <laughs> where the person is running away and you just straight up smack them and they'd be like, where you be like, where you going, bitch? Get over here. Like, yeah, like they got to name that shit like the scorpion or something just to be ironic. <laughs> but they called it, they called it the pest though. Oh, the pest. Uh, I didn't hear that part. Um, so that's pretty much it for the article. Um, we already said when it's coming out, um, how much is it going to be? You have you either get it for fourteen ninety nine once again um, for just the deal for that one um, DLC or twenty four ninety nine, which would guarantee you not only um, Pearl of Gorgon but also the next one. Oh, hmm. Damn, that's not bad at all, especially for fucking DLC right now. I know, and I like the fact that is make you have a choice. You know, load up your last save or start a new one. And if you that crazy, as soon as you're done with Sweetwater, go straight into fucking Gorgon. You're probably going to get through it a little hard. It's going to be hard to get through, but at least you get some good um, good content from it. I mean, hats off to those who try it, but Jesus Christ, you're like insane in my mind. You know me. <laughs> you're going to do it? I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna try. If I got through control, I'm gonna get through this. I mean, yeah, you got through control, man. And lastly, we have the casting list for Invincible. Hit me with it. All right, we're gonna start with Collider. They have the main actors that we're gonna know who's voicing. So, Steven um, Zazzy Beats will voice Amber Bennett. Chris Dane, I can't pronounce It's a Greek last name, and I can't pronounce it, and I'm not going to have you try to pronounce it. It's on the level of trying to say Kalgaropolis, which my boy Danny will be happy that I can now pronounce his last name. But <laughs> this voice actor is a prominent voice actor, so he's playing the character of Doc, Doc, Doc Seismic. Walter Goggins will be playing Cecil Stedman, He's like the Nick Fury of the world. Oh, okay. Which is Walter Goggins can definitely play that. He has the he has that cool dry wit. If y'all watch Justified, he's the bad guy, but he he's the bad guy with a cool dry wit. Uh, <laughs> um, Gray Griffin, also used to be known as Gray Delise Griffin, but Gray Griffin will voice Shrieking Ray and 
Amanda, aka Monster Girl. So she'll be doing two voices for two different characters. Nice. Kevin Michael Richardson will also be playing Monster Girl, but the monster version. So Monster Girl, okay, is, just in case y'all don't know, and Christian, <laughs> Monster Girl is a young girl who was, she was cursed, and they're gonna use it. I know they are, but she was cursed by gypsies as a kid. So no matter how old she gets, she's still perpetually twelve years old. Okay. <laughs> when she turns into a monster, she is big. Okay. Um, later in the comic book series, Monster Girl and a clone version of Rex Splode goes into another world, and they're stuck there. And it's there where she was able to finally age. But when she came back, she went back to being a 12-year-old. Oh, shit. So... The curse, so it's like, yeah, the curse don't work in other planes of the universe. But when she gets back to her own, it's it is it comes right back. So, yeah. Damn, dude, that's that's fucked. Um, but Kevin Michael Richards will also be playing Mauler One, Mauler Two. Um, their their actual villain's name Maulers. Um, uh, Mark Hamill will voice Art. I forgot who that character is. Um, Jillian Jacobs from Community will be voicing Adam Eve. Oh, okay. Um, this actress has one name, Melise. Melise will be voicing Duplicate. Um, Jason Mac- uh, Mantukas, uh from The League. You may saw him on one episode of Parker Recreation. He was Rose's ex um, fiance on Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's oh, he's voicing Rex Splode, which is Adam Eve's boyfriend at the time before she ends up with um, the main character. Okay, Andrew Reynolds from Andrew Reynolds was in um the the Book of Mormon. He was in the, he's the lead in the Book of Mormon, so he was on the same cast. With um, damn, what's his? Oh, I forgot his name. Give me the his name. Oh, um, damn. You know who I'm talking about too. Yeah, I think I do. Crap. He's Olaf in Frozen. Come on, slow down. Oh, Jonathan Groff. No, wait, no, not that guy. Fuck. I'm no. just thinking. Uh, um, uh, 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 fucking Gadsen. Um, Josh Gad. There you go, Josh Gad. I was like, there's a G in there somewhere. But Andrew Reynolds was with him in that, and he's also on Black Monday on Showtime with Don Cheadle. Oh, sweet. Um, Seth Rogen, which we mentioned before, is voicing Alan the Alien. 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 Uh, I, I know you was doing. Um, this is a tag before we get to the other cast list. Invisible is expected to lean hard into the adult part of the adult animated series with the violent with a violent colorful take on the image comic series created by Robert Kirkman and his artist Corey Walker and it was illustrated by Ryan Otley. The comic follows Mark Grayson, the son of Omni-Man, aka the most powerful superhero on the planet. Mark inherits his father's powers on his 17th birthday and is soon forced to grapple with the expectation of the life of a superhero. 
always wondered, like, with a name like Omni Man, when you started out, <laughs> like, like, were you just that confident where you're like, I am the strongest super like hero ever. Yeah. I'm just gonna start calling myself Omni Man. Like, like I get it. Eventually, it works out, but you can't go into the business thinking that, right? Eh. Um. <laughs> so, also joining Steven Yoon, J.K. Simmons will be voicing Nolan Grayson, aka Omni Man. Sandra Oh will be playing um, Steven Yoon's mother. That and this also, besides Miles Morales, Mark Grayson is also the technically besides Miles, but he's technically, if I'm correct, the first mixed race main uh, main lead in the comic book series. He's half, uh, even though he is alien, he's technically half white, half Asian. Because hmm. his mother's Asian. And, and it's kind of smart you got Sandra Oh to play the mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mae Whitman is joining the cast. Uh, she voiced Katara in Legend of Korra. I mean, Legend of Zelda. Um, Legend she was. She was. Uh, le- uh, wait, no. Uh, the Last Airbender, Avatar: The Last yes. Airbender. I just realized you said Legend of Zelda. I know. I stopped myself. I had to stop yeah. myself. I, for and she was one of the evil exes in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's true. Watch the table read. She voiced not only her character but also another character because the actress wasn't there. Ah, nice. And also another thing, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead voiced, um, she did her character, but she also did M.B. Adams, which is Brie Larson's character. Because <laughs> nice. And, and um, Edgar Wright was like, and someone beside, and Chris Evans actually was there, but they was doing pot shots. He was like, well, someone had to go off and be a big Marvel superhero, and I'm not talking about Chris Chris Evans. I was like, "Oh, I know who he's talking about." Damn, he's, he's throwing shade on Brie Larson. Yep, Oscar winner. He, he literally said it. Oscar winner, Marvel superhero. I was like, "Yep, Brie Larson." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, Max Burkholder. I don't know. Who, they did not list who he's playing, but he's also in the cast. Um, Corey Payton, he's King Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and he was also the voice of. He's also still currently the voice of Cyborg. Eighteen Titans Go. He's playing Black Samson. Zach, oh, go ahead. What you gonna say about Corey Payton? No, I was saying cool. Like he's playing Black Samson. Um, Zachary Quinto was also announced to join the show as Robot. And do see that. that sounds like a good fit. Robot is uh, his character is a spoiler. I'll just say that if I explain anything about his character, it is one of the biggest spoilers I will ever give on this damn thing. So yeah. Zachary, for Zachary Quinto to be playing him, that's smart. A surprising one that just got me is only for one episode. Mahershala Ali will be playing the character of Titan. Oh, dude, yes. Chad Coleman, um, who was Tyrese on The Walking Dead, is doing one episode playing Martian Man. Michael Cutlitz, who was Abraham on The Walking Dead, is playing Red Rush. Lenny James is coming on to play the role of Darkwing. Rush Marquand is be playing Aquarius. Sequoia 
Martin Green will be playing Green Ghost. Those are all one episodes for them. Um, and Nikki Breyer has also joined the cast as various characters. So that is the rest of the cast of Invincible. So those one episodes could be any episodes that these, um, that these actors are playing for one episode. But while Zachary Quinto was in from episode one all the way down. Damn. It's okay. An, it's an eight episode season. And like I said before, one hour episodes. Damn. And they'll be out. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's still amazing to me, like for animated. And it'll be out. Um, I'm hearing 2021, to, um, late mid, some like mid 2021. All right. So not too much longer of a wait, but still. But holy crap, this is that. Here's the thing, though. Masharshala Ali. That is a big get. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there's like I am not surprised it's a one episode. Like yes, Steve like JK Simmons, like everybody knows JK Simmons. We all know Seth Rogen helped bring is bringing this on to the TV screen. Like most of these actors and actresses has done T um besides JK Simmons who has done everything under the moon. Hell, he's the voice of the peanut in the Eminem commercials. So you yeah? Know, yeah. You didn't you did not know that? Well, I mean, it's like a very deep voice. Like he can no, change his. He can change his. Spider Man, every iteration of Spider Man he was ever in, he can change his voice. He don't sound like you hear him talk. He don't sound like his J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Mm, true. He he but... is, he he's always been a voice actor. Mm-hmm. He's also in Legend of Korra. From start to finish. I'm trying to. He's Aang's, he's Aang's son, oldest son. Aang, and, Aang and Katara's son. Tenzin? Yeah, that's J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm excited Cora's coming to Netflix. I know, and that gives my brother a reason to stop using my Blu-ray collection. <laughs> nice. Look, it ain't my fault. I told, I told everyone. Avatar was... 19 Cora was $21 together that's basically 40 bucks for both full Blu-ray boxes yes that's awesome nobody didn't get it now they're back to damn near close to $100 cause of the popularity of them all over again yeah like ever since it came on Netflix like it got this resurgence of popularity again where I was just like yes welcome new ones into the fandom mm-hmm. so Boo-hoo on y'all motherfuckers. But anyway, back to this. Like, I can't wait for those same people who have never seen Avatar who are now just barely falling in love with it to watch Korra and then just, like, get their mixed-ass reactions. Yeah. Like, Korra's, Korra's good. Don't get me wrong. Korra's good. But, like, coming from seeing Avatar for the first time ever and then you watch Korra and then you're just like, oh. <laughs> um... Like, this isn't like it was before. <laughs> like I like think, I said, obviously you you enjoy it for what it is, but yeah. I think Zazie Beats is playing uh, Mark's first girlfriend. Um, so it, if anyone's gonna be like, oh, she's only on for one season, yeah, she's technically only in for like one arc, and they broke up by the time they got to college. Spoiler, yep. sorry, sorry, spoiler. Um, <laughs> but I have a. 
zazzy beats. That 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 smile. That the smile. I like her <laughs> domino. Fuck yeah, she's the first. She's ten yeah. first per, first actress to bring Domino to life. Yeah, yeah, and I I really enjoyed it. I was just like, damn, this is Domino. This is the Domino for the screen. If Marvel would do a big disservice if you do not, you can integrate Deadpool in the MCU. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you. If Doctor than- Strange and Scarlet Witch could dimension hop. We can get Deadpool to break the third wall. <laughs> Bring Josh Brolin back. Yes, he's family. Look, that's a good argument. Like, you can make a joke about that with Deadpool. He was Thanos. And Nathan Tanny already did make a joke of it in Deadpool, too. Yeah, he did. So, he's Thanos. He's not. He, he, he's Cable. Even Josh Brolin said it. He said, Thanos is dead. I'm Cable. <laughs> if you got Josh Brolin already saying it, boom. Hell, he there is a character he can definitely play if they ever if they do get a season. It's gonna get a season two. Um, it's called he's called the Immortal. Um, in the comic books, he ends he literally is immortal. He's been alive for millions of years. The only way you can kill him, you have to chop his head off. Damn, like a true immortal. But he can if you get his if you reattach his head back to his body, he can heal, and he come he can come back to life. Oh, okay. So you got to be like, he, like very careful. You separate that head. Yeah. So pretty much is like you have to like, and plus know where his body had to hurry up and get his back together. Um, he ends up, and I find it kind of icky. <laughs> he ends. He he starts a relationship with um, duplicate. Oh really? Mm-hmm. She's around the same age as um, Invincible. Huh. And I just mentioned Invincible's age as well. Make that what you will. Yeah. And Duplicate yeah. does have a twin. Well, I'll let you watch the show and see what happens to him. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Leave, I'm gonna end the show right here. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't bode well for me here. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, I'll say this for you. Don't get attached to characters. Oh no. Oh. This you think the Walking Dead's bad on killing off characters? No. <laughs> oh, oh, just wait till you get to Invincible. Hell, just wait till you see what happens to the main character himself. He no, he doesn't die because he's the main character. Oh. It just, just, just look what happens. You'll see when you start reading the books. Just what literally happens to him is you're gonna be like. Fuck, give this dude a break. Oh, Jesus. God. It's one of those. Oh, it's God. It's... Robert Kurtman looked like he takes every, every time he goes to The Walking Dead, any anger he, he has, it looks like he just puts that all into Invincible. God, it's going to be like the first like couple of issues of Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero for some reason. Well, you, you think it's, it's the whole entire series, man. It doesn't. It doesn't let. It, it it has its. It has its. It has its soft moments. It has its good moments, but like The Walking Dead, everyone is not exempt. All right, everyone is. Well, 
except for the mom. But everyone is not exempt from catching hands. This shows, this is what I like about Invincible. Just because you have powers, this is not like Marvel and DC. This is a world where hits matter. Uh-huh. Like, like if a, if a person applies a good enough hit taking off Immortal's head, he's dead. Damn. Like, if you if you don't reattach his body in time, he's gone. I, mean, uh-huh. I made that ominous, um, that ominous, ominous joke about um, Duplicate, his twin brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, so you, I guess I know he's going to die, like, relatively. It's, it's not how, it's not because he dies, it's how he dies. Oh, God. This is, like, I'm serious. This, the deaths, character deaths, like I said, don't get attached. And people, people don't make it out. <laughs> some people don't make it out. Some people do, some people don't. Um, hell, Seth Rogen's uh, character is going to be very interesting. Um, there is, uh, like, I have not watched, the only thing I've seen Seth Rogen did that was, like, serious he did a movie with, um, oh, fuck. And she's my, one of my favorite comedians. Um, uh, she voices um, Penelope in the Wreck-It Ralph movies. She voices who, I'm sorry? Penelope, the, the, the girl. Oh, um, Sarah Silverman. Yeah, Sarah Silverman. He, um, Sarah Silverman, Seth Rogen, and... She's um the ex She was in Dawson's Creek, and she was um Heath Ledger's ex wife. Michelle oh. Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, that's the only movie I saw Seth Rogen do that he 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 was serious. He, Michelle Williams cheats on him because she felt that he was bo- dull and boring, and so uh, it's like. On you because you know you're too non threatening. Um, uh, Sarah Silverman plays um, his older sister, so he's the younger brother, she's the older sister, and they're quite tight knit until obviously what, what she did, and you just um, see that, like, I'm like, it's hard to take Michelle Williams' side in that side tangent. Well, come on, this is the podcast of tangents. It's hard to take her side. You can see, yes, you can see the fact that, yes, it's stagnant and it's dull, but you don't try to talk about it with them. And it's, mm-hmm. and I like that aspect. You see the relationships of today where it is, it's not necessarily the woman who initiates the cheating. Sometimes it's the guy. Yeah. But it shows that, yeah, at times it can be, it's both people. But that movie really, like, I was like, I do not like you, Michelle Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this character. Why I'm finished? I need to see how this movie ends. By this point, <laughs> I, like I'm, a, I'm already in. I already saw the initial cheat. I already saw you banging this dancer. I'm, I might, paid. might as well watch it. I might as well see how this ends. And yeah, he, Seth Rogen was, was serious. He wasn't all jokey jokey like in all the movies he's done. So it'd be interesting to see how he balances the his expected jokiness that he the joke the comedian he is. But then also, there is parts of Alan the Alien where he is super serious. Okay. He's like the Martian Manhunter of this world. Well, especially with like like people like Seth Rogen, I honestly don't feel that uncomfortable like hearing about the adaptation in general, just because it's like, 
He's got a good track record, man. Like oh, he's yeah. got a surprisingly fucking good track record. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, that, Pre- like Preacher did very well. Yeah. Um, the boys is obviously doing very well. It got yeah. renewed for a third season before the second season came out. Mm-hmm. So I'm. This is gonna. I seriously feel um, Invincible is gonna be very. Um, it's gonna be very profitable. I think his only misstep was Green. I'm um, Green Hornet. Yeah, I would say so. And even then, like it was a misstep, but I wouldn't say it was like that bad. It's just it just wasn't done justice. Look, I'm a I'm a fan of Green Hornet, so I did not like all the comedy aspects of it. Mm, okay. I, I I I like it for what it was, and I do own it on Blu-ray, but I just don't like all the comedy aspects of it. I'll I'll still get like I'll I'll give I'll give Green Hornet this. It still gives me one of the greatest introductions that I love to hate of a of a character ever. Christopher Waltz character. I'm sorry? Christopher Waltz character. No, for me that would be freaking um uh uh what's his name? James James um James Franco. James Franco's character's introduction. Like I'm my name's Crystal Crystal Clear, like the meth I sell. Like I fucking hate that line so much, but I love it for some reason. Liberty like an Oscar winner. And with that <laughs> we're gonna be crystal clear out of here. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Cosby Robot Podcast and spending close to No, we you spent two hours with us. Thank you. Um Thank I'm you, back buddy. from the Peruvian Dead. Um listen to this on Spotify, SoundCloud. Or whatever. Well, the only two other places where you can get your podcasting needs. <laughs> um, next week we'll have the DC in review. Not this week. It won't be out this week. Next week, um, you'll get this episode during this week, um, and then you get the Night Owl show, '80s fueled Night Owl show, and also games that we are what we've been doing the week we was off. Besides me having a voice. Like me oh. gardening now. <laughs> yep, that has happened. I'm now gardening. Damn. Mm-hmm. Let's see if these tomatoes come in. And with that, till next time. Yeah, no jokey, jokey Indians. We're just actually about to leave. Now we're really gonna go. <laughs> <laughs>